All right, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Mars Pod. I'm here with Brandon Eckel. And we had a lot to, we had a lot of stuff to get to. Um, Bucks offseason stuff, we haven't been talking about that much. We did go live after the Drew Holiday trade initially happened. Before yeah. all the Bogdanovich stuff happened, we were like, at that time, hopeful we could get Bogdan, but nothing had even happened yet. A lot's happened since then. Obviously, the draft happened. Rest of free agency um, happened pretty much. You know, I don't, I don't expect the Bucks to make any huge moves from now until the end of free agency. But we'll get to that. We'll talk about the Bucks free agency, grade each of their um, moves, and then we'll get to the Packers game from Sunday. Lost to the Colts, but we will get to that and talk about that as well. But let's start out with what we were talking about. Or we gave our initial reactions to it. The Drew Holiday trade. Um, it, again, it looks a little bit worse right now after Bogdan. You know what happened with Bogdan. I mean, nobody, nobody really knows what happened, but it looks a little bit worse now because everyone was excited. You know, they gave up a lot, but they get Drew and Bogdan, and this is what puts them over the edge. Now they don't have Bogdan, but they did, and we'll get to these later, they did, you know, have backup plans. They did have ways to kind of fill that um, through, you know, free agency, and they had other guys to get. So after all has, you know, after all this has happened, how are you feeling about the Drew Holiday trade? And just what are your thoughts overall on this? I still really like the Drew Holiday trade just in the aspect of I think it makes us a better, it just helps us so much more at point guard. Um, you know, people want to just compare based on stats and say they're so similar, but you know, that that's not taking into account watching their, their play styles, you know, um, and what they can do to help the team. So I really like the trade, um, obviously giving up, you know, a lot of draft picks is tough, but it's, it's more than just the holiday, which I know you have said too. It's like, it's going for Giannis. Um, yeah. and overall, I've really liked the moves this off season, the other moves they've made, which, I know we'll talk about, um, and I was really happy with the second round picks. They got two guys that can come in and help probably yeah. right away. So if you had to, if you had to grade as of right now, grade the Drew Holiday trade, what would you give it? I would probably give it a B because I think for like who we got, it's an A because Drew Holiday was probably the number one guy I wanted. A lot yeah. of people based on how good he is both ends of the ball. Um, um, but it just, yeah, obviously you're giving up a good chunk. Hard to see George Hill go, um, but like I said, you're putting your eggs into the basket for Giannis, and you're doing what you want, what you need to to make the team better. Yeah, and a lot of these, a lot of these grades, a lot of the, you know, it, it all hinges on okay, what happens with Giannis, either this offseason or next offseason, and what happens with Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday leaves after one year, we're, you know, unless we won the title, we're gonna say that was a dumb trade because we gave up all these picks for one year of Drew Holiday and didn't win the title. Yeah, but. As of right now, I mean, I can't, I wouldn't predict that to happen. And I'm predicting Giannis to stay probably this offseason. If not this offseason, I'm I'm very confident he stays next, you know, signs next offseason. But yeah, a lot of it hinges on what happens with that. I'm giving the Drew Holiday trade. I'll I'll give it an A minus B plus somewhere in there. Again, because you don't know exactly what's gonna happen with that stuff yet. But you're he's the guy I wanted. He's the guy I think a lot of people wanted, like you said. Perfect fit. And as you mentioned, the stats are you know, if you just compare oh look at points rebounds assists per game on this shooting oh wow they're pretty similar yeah it's not only that he's you know if you watch them drew holly is better but it's just the playoffs like that's where we're building right now we're not trying to win the most regular season games even and not that drew holly doesn't help us win regular season games he will be better than Bledsoe 
you know, at all times, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, the the difference is like it's re, it's going to be ridiculous. I'm assuming. I mean, unless Drew Holiday somehow just does pulls a Bledsoe and is the same type of player, which I mean, it's just not going to happen. Barring <laughs> something crazy, like it, it's just he's going to be a huge upgrade from Bledsoe, and that's the main thing that kind of cost us the last two playoff or playoff, you know. Um, series losses is Bledsoe just killed us. And I mentioned in the, you know, live that we had right after it happened, I was like, Bledsoe, like, I like Bledsoe. He's just too destructive. For a team that has these stars and stuff, you need a guard who's going to be, like, even if his shot's off, he's still okay. He's not killing you. Mm-hmm. He's going to drive. He's going to be under control. He's not going to turn it over too much. And Bledsoe just, he would take dumb shots. He would drive out of control. He would turn the ball over way too much, and it just was too harmful to our team. Drew Holiday, based on you know, I w- I've watched him a lot, and like I just you know, I fall in love with his game. It he just seemed like the perfect guy. That okay, like he's a better flat out shooter. I think he was thirty seven percent on uh, catch and shoot threes, whereas Bledsoe was like twenty nine. He's and he's going to be more in control on drives. He's going to not turn the ball over as much. He's going to be just as good of a finisher, just as good if not better as a defender. And so, like, you're not really losing anything. It's not like he sucks on defense and you're saying, oh, we just gave it up to get offense, but our defense is going to suck now. I just don't really know how you can dislike it too much. I know you said giving up the picks is is tough, but I don't really care about picks when you have Giannis. You're focused on winning right now. No, I totally agree. So, yeah, um, I'm really, really, really excited to see Drew Holiday on this team. I keep watching highlight videos and stuff, and I'm just like, (laughs) oh, I cannot wait. Drew, Chris, and Giannis, like, that alone, like – at the end of the day, it's about your top guys. I think the Lakers showed a little bit. Depth isn't as important as people make it out to be sometimes. If you have a really good top two or a really good top three, that's probably enough to at least get you far into the playoffs and make you a serious contender. Yep. And Drew, Chris, and Giannis is like arguably the best top three in the game. Um, I mean, there's other there's others you could argue, but I think that's a you know one of the best. And absolutely. In terms of fit too, like they just fit so well together. They're not the most like they're not the three most talented players, you know. Giannis obviously is, but like Chris and Drew, super underrated players. They're not uber talented, but they are just perfect fits next to Giannis. Perfect fits on this team. So I'm super excited to see how it all works. And they're not guys that all need the balls like the ball in their hand. Yeah, exactly. Like they Drew and Chris. Like that's the one thing I love about Chris is he's. People always say, oh, we need a better second star to Giannis. Chris is the perfect second star because he doesn't care how many shots he takes. He doesn't care how often he has the ball. And he's efficient when he gets the ball. And that's all you can ask for. And he's been really clutch. People don't people don't understand how clutch he's been. Like, he's yeah. had a lot of big shots down the stretch. He did yeah. the five playoffs, too. Like, you know, it. and people based off a couple games where, you know, you have to understand when, when the game, like when Giannis was out against the Heat and the, the game plan for Miami switches – to now we have to stop Chris. Well, yeah, of course he's going to throw up more shots because he's the main guy, and they're going to throw different defenders at him in different looks, you know? So yeah. it's not the same game of him going off Giannis. And now to have Drew Holiday, who's more versatile on offense than Bledsoe is, um, and I really liked Bledsoe. I still think the Bucks at the end of the day, made the made the move over Brogdon, you know, to stick with Bledsoe, but it just – he had his chances in the playoffs now, and it didn't work. So Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, like, the regular season numbers, Bledsoe shot 36 35% from three. You're just thinking, oh, that's fine, you know. And then if you look at – I want to say Holiday's, like, 37. So it's like, oh, it's not much of a difference. But then Bledsoe just tanked in the playoffs, I mean, both years, where he's shooting 
20 something, 23%. And it's like, you cannot have that from your point guard, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think they, they went, you know, they, they went all in and that's, that's, that's what you can really ask for is just them trying to keep you honest there. And they got their guy, they got Drew Holiday. And like we said, we're super excited to see how that all meshes. And next um, we'll talk about DJ Augustine, who they signed, I think I want to say Saturday. Um, so what were your thoughts on the DJ Augustine signing in free agency? I really like it for, I think it was three years, 21 mil. So seven yeah. million a year, yeah. um, a good veteran point guard who's going to, um, I don't, I don't want to say slow down the offense, but just kind of run the tempo of the offense. Um, you know, he was one of the guys where I was looking at the free agents coming up for the season. I was like, I'm not a huge DG Augustine fan as like the starting point guard, you know, yeah. for the magic, but for a guy coming off the bench, like your seventh or eighth guy, I think he's going to be, um, I think he's going to be a really good asset to this team to bring it off the, off of what I really like the second unit. Now it's a mix of new guys for sure, which I know we'll yeah. talk about all of them, but um, yeah, I, I like to move a lot. Um, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably say a, an A minus. Yeah. I liked it a lot too. And like, like you said, I was not all on board for like, I, I liked the Augustine, but it wasn't, I wanted him to be our starter. It was, he'd be a perfect backup. He's a guy who can come in and I mean, I have, he's 92nd percentile in assist points per 75 possessions, 94th percentile in catch and shoot threes, barely any 2.9 turnovers per 100 possessions. And it's just, you know, his catch and shoot three point percentage is 47. So he's a guy, he knocks down shots, he makes plays and he doesn't turn the ball over. He's just, he's another like not destructive point guard who can come in off the bench and just run the offense, run the show, be a smart point guard, mm-hmm. hit some shots. And that's really, that's all you can ask for from your backup. And so, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. If I had to grade it, I'll go B plus B because just because of, you know, they gave him, I mean, it's $7 million a year. So that's a little pricey, but I do think he's going to play a pretty big role. And okay. Next up, Bryn Forbes, they signed him a few days later. Yes. Forbes is like, like he's not a good defender. He's not a good playmaker. He's not even really a good shot creator. He's just a shooter. And yeah. I like it. Like, I just like that as, you know, a guy comes off the bench. They could even, I mean, if they wanted, they could start him. But he, his shooting is, like, awesome. Just, again, you, if you watch highlight videos of him, he's got a, you know, great stroke. 80th percentile overall three-point shooter. He shot 39%. 40% on pull-ups, 39% catch and shoot. Um, 82nd percentile off screens. He's just a guy you can run him around. You can just spot him up somewhere, and he'll knock down catch and shoot shots. So... If I had to grade this myself, um, what did they give him? Um, it was a two-year deal, I think. But I, yeah, I don't know the money they gave him, actually. I never saw. I think they announced it today. It was two years and about four five. They used the, the mid-level exception part of it on, okay. it, on him. So um, overall, I'd give, it a, I'd give it an A-. minus. I like Forbes a lot as a guy who can just come off the bench and be a shooter, shooter. Because, um, again, that's what you need off the bench. Like, your starters, you want to be the guys that are more creating – and able to like do stuff off the dribble when Giannis is not, you know, if the play, if the playoffs happen again and everything, if you're assuming everything stays the same, they needed a better third guy to create off the dribble. Cause it was Giannis and Middleton were only to be able to do that. Well, once Giannis got stopped, it was only Chris. And if you're only having one guy able to do that, it's not going to work. So that's why having holidays awesome. Cause he's just a better player off the dribble, but like off the bench, you don't really need 
all these creators. You just you, you need more shooters and guys who, you know, your point guard, DJ Augustine, can be a playmaker. But I just I like this move for um, for the Bucks with Forbes. Um, what what is your what's your thoughts? Yeah, I really like the deal. Um, looking at his, um, I was just kind of looking at stats. I mean, I kind of knew knew like what his stats were. He put up about 11, 12 a game, but. Um, I mean, a guy who started for the Spurs um, all but two games the last two seasons, um, which I was impressed at because I felt like last year he he was a little bit out of the rotation a little more. Um, but I know they have a few more guys at that position. You know, they had Patty Mills, Derek White. Um, but he shot 42% two seasons ago um, in 80 games, you know, so that's really efficient. Almost 40% this past year. I would give it an A. For it was two point four million a year because it was about I think four point eight. It said for two years. Okay. So I really, when I saw we signed him, I was super happy because yeah, um, yeah, just another guy to fit in, and like you said, uh, just a guy to to shoot and just score. Um, yeah, and I don't think he'll like. I've seen people talk about how maybe he'll start for us. I don't think they'll go that route just because he doesn't give you it on the defensive end. Not that they need that, but like. I feel like Dante is probably going to be the starter. I would assume. I, I would assume they go Drew, Dante, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, just because Dante can give it to you on defense too. And, um, but Dante is going to be the guy that you know he, he's going to play the fewest minutes out of those five, for mm-hmm. sure. I would assume so. But Forbes just great shooter to bring off the bench. I, I like it a lot. And right away I started looking at. Okay, I know they talked about you know Horace talked about we want to get shooting that translates to the playoffs. And I've tweeted these stats out, but if anyone didn't see them, playoff. Career three-point percentage. Holiday, Augustine, Forbes are all at 39%, which is, you know, borderline, like, elite. Bledsoe's 25%. Um, in the playoffs since 2018. So if you just want to look at recently, if you oh, that's probably from eight years ago. Like, if you want to look at just recently, Drew Holiday in the 2018, maybe it was 2019 playoffs, averaged 24 points, six rebounds, six assists, 52% from the field, 58% true shooting. That was over two series. He had games average. He had games where he scored 41, 33, 27. He's like he's a playoff performer. There's no doubt about it. Um, Augustine since 2018 in the playoffs, 47% from three. Forbes, 43% from three, and they each played about like nine games. Mm-hmm. It's there. Like they are, like they are proven playoff performers. And not that you need Augustine and Forbes to like score, you know, 13, 14 points a game. You're just looking for them to be can be efficient, and it's like they've shown that they can be efficient in the playoffs. They're not, and the moment's not too big for them. And I think that, like, I really think that's what Horace was looking for. Is you know, let's try to get, let's look at who plays well in the playoffs out of these guys, and and get those get those guys because it, it was it's just clear that they they just wanted they're doing this stuff for the playoffs. They're doing this for the long term outlook of it, not just oh let's win regular season games and put together the best you know team in the regular season. It's playoff time. And that's what we lacked, you know, the past couple couple seasons was, you know, they throw the wall at Giannis and you didn't have enough guys that could step up. And that's why Bledsoe got exposed more than ever. Yeah, and Dante's shot was in, like, it kind of fell off last year. Pat wasn't hitting shots. West was on and off. And so it just became, okay, Corver wasn't anything special. Like, it just was like, who's able to hit shots? And if these guys can consistently knock down shots, Holiday, Augustine, Forbes, you know, we're in good shape. And you got Middleton and Giannis. That's it's insane. So like that, that's good enough to hopefully, if they can just play well, good enough to get you really far in the playoffs. So next up, Tory Craig, um, him, and then we have Bobby Portis as well. But Tory Craig was another signing. He's more of a defensive guy. 
Um, I haven't looked as at, as much at him as I did the other guys because I just kind of know, okay, Craig's kind of the guy that's going to – he's going to be a versatile defender. He's going to be able to come in and, you know, you can put him on the other team's probably best player. He's six seven, I believe, so he's long. So I, I like – I knew they needed that. They needed another defensive wing behind Middleton. So I like this move a lot. I would give this move in a B-plus. I would say the same B-plus. Um yeah, I know he he hasn't been a big like a huge score um for the Nuggets, but one of those guys where you don't need him to score, especially when you got Augustine, um, you know, and obviously Forbes. Um, they got Portis who can who can score for you down low and kind of stretch it out. Um, so I think maybe you know I could see Craig being a guy where they spot him up a little more in the corner and work on his shot like they have with I know he's not a big man, but with Robin and Brooke. Um, yeah. And try to utilize him that way, and I think that's a perfect role for him as a three and D type wing. Yeah, just don't ask him to like try to do too much on offense. It's just okay if you can hit a few shots, but you're mostly there to play defense. And you know, yeah, yeah. So next up, Bobby Portis. As you mentioned, Bobby Portis kind of a, a good good in the post can stretch it out. He's a I think he shot thirty six percent from three in uh, last year, so he can he can hit threes. Not a Amazing three-point shooter. He's not an amazing offensive player, but he's good on defense. Another good depth piece. You know, they're replacing guys like Urson with Bobby Portis. Like, that's an upgrade. That's a guy you can bring in. He's going to give you good minutes for sure. And so, again, another move I liked wasn't a, a like, crazy move or anything, but earth-shattering or anything like that. But it was it was a good move. I'll give it a, I'll give it a B. Um, I would probably – yeah, I would give it a B as well. Um maybe maybe b plus him and him and um tory craig were two guys where i saw we signed them i was like surprised not in a bad way but i was just like oh wow i like like these signings um because portis is a guy that can play the four or the five like i like we were saying he can kind of stretch it out um he had some really good seasons in in chicago a couple mm-hmm. good you know seasons i think he put up like 14 or 15 a game um and shot well from three um, so I really like it. I think he was just in a bad system last year with New York, um, you know, and I like the deal we got him on. Um, so I, you know, I wasn't mad with, you know, for the most part, the contracts we gave guys. Like yeah. Augustine may be a little high, but it's a veteran backup point guard, a guy you need. Um, and that does kind of show what they, what you can kind of expect the role to be. If they're giving him $7 million, you know they're going to use him quite a bit. It's not just going to be a guy that, you know, barely comes in and is just a, a – you know, way, way deep depth piece. It's, it's, no, he's going to play a prominent role, which like we expect. So it kind of makes sense that way. And yeah, Portis and Craig, like they're not guys you're going to be in all these bench guys. They're not guys you're going to come in that you need to score 15 points or anything like that. It's just, they need to play a certain role. The guards need to hit shots. These guys need to defend and give you, you know, maybe something on offense, but not too much. So yeah, again, I, I like I like all these moves. And then now we get to the draft. We had 45 and 60, picks 45 and 60. With 45, we took Jordan Wara out of Louisville. Mm-hmm. I was happy with the pick. He was one of the guys that I was like, okay, like I wrote down a list of, I think, eight guys that I would have liked. He was on there. And just a flat-out shooter. And again, he's not a guy that can create off the dribble. Um, I have him at, he was 43rd percentile off the dribble, shot 31% off the dribble. And then in catch and shoot, he shot 45%, which was um, catch and shoot overall was, I don't have his percentile, but he's 94th percentile spot up. And he was um, 
80th percentile all jump shots, so any any type of jump shot, but 40% three-point shooter on over six attempts a game. It's just a flat-out shooter. I mean, the dude's a bucket. Yeah. And he has NBA range. Like, if you have watched any of his highlight videos, he can hit shots from, like, 30 feet. I mean, he was hitting them from way, way out there. So um, that's good to see that he already has NBA range. And, yeah, I have him 77th percentile in transition as well, so he can get rebounds and run the floor. But, yeah, again, he, I, I, right away I was like, okay, he's not a guy that's going to – you're asking to – create for himself it's a guy you're just throwing him passes and he's spotting up and hitting threes whereas or well go ahead and give your thoughts on war I'll, I'll grade the pick as a i'll give it a i'll give it a b plus because i know there was a few guys out there that i wanted a little bit more but it wasn't anyone that i was like this is a terrible pick yeah um i would give it a b plus as well i i really like it just because i think he brings it enough um i don't know like like I love college basketball, I know you know that, but so I watch a lot and I've you know seen him over the past couple of years developing and obviously he's a great shooter. I don't know his defensive game much. Um, he's, he's okay on defense. Like he his length and size, I'm sure they'll develop him, him into a fine defender. Like he'll be a good defender. But in college, like he was he was good but not great. Yeah, and I mean a guy like that too in college where he's you know, the main offensive, like the main guy scoring the points, not obviously not an offensive initiator, but um, doing the workload. Um, I think his role changes a little in the NBA, obviously, because he's not the main scorer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really like the pick. He was on the list for me as well because of how um, seasoned he was as a veteran coming from a good program, Louisville. Um, so yeah, I was, I was happy with the pick. And at the time, it's like we didn't know what to expect agent wise so yeah exactly one of those things where you're like okay you're getting a wing who can shoot at least hold his own on defense pretty good size um so yeah i was super happy with the pick in the second round yeah i liked it and then at 60 they took your guy yes. sam merrill out of utah state he's a 41 percent three-point shooter on almost seven attempts per game last year uh ninth in division one on jumpers off the dribble so he's a guy who can create for himself 45% on catch and shoot as well. And an 89% free throw shooter, like the dude's a shooter. Like he can hit, he, he is a shooter, whether it's off the dribble, catch and shoot, anything, he's hitting shots. And again, perfect for your like backup, backup point guard or someone you can throw in there as a, a he's more of a deep depth piece, but I like it a lot. And I think they could develop in, him into something more for the future, but he can play a role right now where he's just, you know, gives you shooting. And it's just, it's not a guy you have to, develop or like can't put him in an NBA game right now I don't think so um I like at 60 like I'll give that an A minus for the 60th pick I like it a lot yeah um I would at a personal level I give it an A plus plus because I was <laughs> so like going in that last pick I'm like I was with my friend Nick kind of we were watching I'm like dude if we pick Sam Merrill I'm like I don't think it's gonna happen but at least we sign him and when they went up there and said Sam Merrill I was like holy crap um I mean I know you've seen it, but the the shot against San Diego State to send yeah. them to, to send them what would have yeah, been he's a big shot maker, yeah, yeah, six um, five. He's got really good size, um, pretty good handle with the ball. You know, the past two seasons they were talking about him just with his leadership and how he can score and run the offense. So, um, but yeah, otherwise I'd say I would give it an A though, um, because with the last pick, I mean, I think that's a great veteran guy. Um, and now with the with the free agent signings we've had, it's like at first I was like, man, we're gonna need one or two second round picks to 
probably play for us right, right away. Um, and now it's like to have these guys be at the end of the bench, I think it'll be, be a value. Um, but yeah, I was so stoked when we picked him and Nora. So very happy overall. I give it an A for the draft for, for our second round picks, considering who we got and what we needed. Yeah. I like I like the draft a lot as well. Again, you got two guys that are, I think safe floors, which is what you need. You're not trying to get potential guys. You're not trying to get boom, boomer bust guys. It's get someone who, you know, the role, who, you know what they can do and they have something that they can do right away. That's what they got. And I'm, I'm happy with it. And then, um, Pat Connaughton is back. What is it? Three for 15 around yeah. there? 15, 16, right around there. Yeah. It started at, it's, what did it start at? Two for eight, I believe. Yeah. And then it went to three for 15. And I mean, I, I don't understand it because especially after what they did, you now have in the shooting guard position, you now have Dante and Forbes like directly ahead of him. Um, so I, I, I mean, you know, you have DJ Augustine in the backcourt as well. Drew Holly's in the backcourt. You can move those guys around. So that, I mean, that's, those are four guys that are for sure better than Pat Connaughton and playing over Pat Connaughton. So I didn't really understand why you would give him that much money. Either they're going to give him too big of a role. And I mean, I love Pat. Like he's one of my favorite dudes on the team, but mm-hmm. it's just like, either they're going to give him too big of a role or they're literally just signing him to be Giannis's workout buddy and keep Giannis happy. Like, I, I think it's probably more likely that it's for Giannis, but I didn't really understand it. I was hoping they were could, you know, sign and trade him or something, and that's what their plan was. But, um, so yeah, it was three years, 15 million with a third year as a player option. I did not like it. So, I mean, I'm giving it like a D minus, maybe F, honestly. Like, I just don't know. Like, it was just a really bad signing to me. I didn't understand it. I'll give it a D. I'll give it a D because, because of the Giannis factor. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah, and I, I totally get your point. I feel like the, I don't know, I want to say the Bucks fans are split, but it definitely seems like people are more leaning towards they don't like the deal. I'm going to go on record right now. Now that we've signed the other guys too, I think it diminishes a little bit. Um, but I don't think Pat's been as bad as people say. Maybe I'm wrong. I I have the privilege to watch a good amount of games. And, um, I mean, I've, you know, he didn't perform – great last year obviously but he was big the year before against the Celtics um he's a role player that you know I thought he was a little bit better defender than he is um and I do get the money thing I think they gave him a little more than I would have liked to you know five six million what it was um but I would give it a C I mean you're keeping a guy that knows the system but like you said he's kind of bogged down now um I think maybe they signed him because they weren't sure what they were going to do um, with other free agents and maybe they you know they're like man if we could get these guys that'd be great and they got them you know Forbes Augustine still have Dante um, so yeah um, but I'm open for a for a good potential role season from Pat if he's playing like who knows if he's going to be in the lineup now mm-hmm. four guards in front of him and Merrill yeah. guard yeah and I just I mean me personally like I haven't really seen it like again I like the dude but I just Offense, we haven't seen it. Defense, we haven't seen it. Where I'm just like, I didn't want him back. Like I was like, he can leave. I not that like get out of here, but it was just I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of his game. I don't think he adds a ton, and it was just let's save some cap space and go get someone else. But yeah, like I said, either they're gonna give him too big for in my opinion, they're gonna give him too big of a role, or it's you know it, it's gonna just be a Giannis signing. Um, that's what I think. But. I'm, I was really worried when this happened because this happened 
after all, like while the Bogdanovich stuff was happening. Yeah. And I was like, this better not be their like backup plan is, okay, we couldn't get Bogdan. So our backup plan is we're just going to re-sign Pat Connaughton and give him a huge role and not sign anyone else to put in front of him. And I was like, if that's their plan, I am going to be not happy. But <laughs> at least they went out and got guys to put ahead of him. But again, it makes it a little bit like more confusing because you don't know why did they give him $5 million if he's kind of the third shooting guard now. So, because I'm assuming he's going to be like the third shooting guard. But it just, it just, I was very worried at the time. I was like, okay, like this better not be their backup plan. Horace had talked about how we're going to have pivot options and stuff. And I was like, this better not be the pivot option. Luckily, mm-hmm. it turned out they did have some good pivot options. So I was, I was overall really happy with how they rebounded from Bogdan stuff. That, it was crazy, dude. I mean, how does, we thought we had him. We had two days of like, pure joy and thinking we had like a super not a super team but a best lineup in the league best starting yeah. in the league and then bucks fan reality hit never trust the bucks is all that can be said. <laughs> but yeah they did rebound nicely i'm happy with what they did and you know they still end up they have a you know you you, you upgraded you're a much better team than you were last year in my opinion people are debating or oh, the bucks even better yes they absolutely are just getting drew alone makes you better and then you replace what is it george hill Wesley Matthews, Ursan, and um, shoot, who else did we lose? I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh, and so we, we lose like, it, we're basically replacing Hill, Ursan, Bledsoe, and Wes, I guess, with Drew Holiday, DJ, Bobby Portis, Bryn Ford, like those guys. And our depth pieces are better. Like, Blood and Bledsoe, Bledsoe is a much worse than Holiday, so that's a huge upgrade fr- from that. And that's the most important one. If you're upgrading that much at your starting point guard, like that's way more valuable than like, oh, you know, I think George Hill is better than DJ Augustine. So, well, like, I don't. If you think he's barely better, that doesn't change the fact that we upgraded huge at starting point guard. So, you're upgrading huge with Blood with uh, Holiday over Bledsoe. You're probably about the same maybe a slight downgrade from hill to dj augustine with backup point guard portis is much bigger much better than Ilyasova. um i mean we had what marvin williams and corver last year and you're getting tory craig on defense you're getting Bryn forbes as like your wesley matthews type player not the defense but you get you get like the defense of craig to fill in for matthews defense and then you get like the offense of forbes to fill the you know yeah if only you could if only you could combine them into one player but they're playing yeah. a little money ball like like the a's you know they get the two for one and then you know you got dante in there who plays both sides of the ball really well and i still really like i really do like dante i think i know i'm not saying you but there's a lot of people that don't understand last year was his first like real playoffs you know he's 23 years old i think this is going to be a big year for him to make a leap yeah, and even if he doesn't make the leap, at least, again, you have depth pieces behind him that you don't need him to score a ton, play good defense, try to be a better shooter, more consistent shooter. Yeah, and, if he can be more consistent, he's yeah. got the shot. We know he's got the shot, and he can shoot off the dribble. Yeah. Um, but he's just got to get that percentage up. But yeah, so when I look at it, I like our starting lineup better automatically just by having Holiday and over Bledsoe. I don't think Dante from Matthews is a huge downgrade, and then the, rest, the other three are the same. So I like our starting lineup more, and I like our depth more. And so it's like I don't know how you could really say we didn't get better. Overall offseason, I'm giving this a B plus. And if Giannis signs, it's an automatic A plus 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 plus. Yes. Because that's ultimately what you're doing this all for is like if the Drew Holiday tr- 
trade and stuff and all this stuff gets you Giannis to stay you're that's 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 what you're doing like yes no I agree I think move wise I would give it a an A minus I really like their picks like I said they filled in the bench really nice a lot better than I thought they were going to based on the money we had um and I mean you know Bobby Portis is still relatively young Bryn Forbes is 27 I think Augustine and George Hill are fairly similar players um so I'm very happy. It's going to be a big part of chemistry. How do these guys mesh on the bench now? Um, so maybe they have a little mixture. With, I think that if I had to guess, I'd say Dante starts. But yeah. be like, oh, we could put Forbes in there. Um, and then you have Dante. You could, you could put Torrey Craig in for, if you wanted to go with like a defensive-ish lineup where you have yeah. Holiday, put Middleton at the two, Torrey Craig, Giannis, Brooke, or like even – no, no, you could even take out Brooke or something, put Giannis at the five put in Craig, like stuff like that, anything you want to do. There's there's so many different lineups you can have out there. If you want to focus on defense, focus on offense, focus on shooting, so many stuff, so many so many different things Bud has at his disposal now. So hopefully he uses them right. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Yes, agreed. And then um, before we move on, real quick, Bucks, where do they finish in the East next year? In terms of um, regular season and playoffs. Playoffs? Well, I've, I've got to say they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals finally. And obviously we wanted it this past season, um, but I don't see any reason they don't make it to the finals and they're a legitimate finals contender. Um, obviously the season was thrown off by, um, you know, COVID shutting the season down. Um, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't expect anything less than the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, and regular season-wise, I'd say top three seed. Um and the only reason I say three is because I think it will maybe take a little time for this defense to mesh or the, the bench guys. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, the season starts in a month and you only got three weeks of training camp, but that's for all teams. So I definitely see us finishing at, at least first, second or third. I would probably say first or second though. Yeah. And I don't mind if they're not the one seed it, cause again, I mean, there's probably not going to be home court advantage and stuff. So it's not as big of a deal, but I do think there's a chance they might take a slight step back in the in the regular season if they're trying to like either save guys for the playoffs or like try stuff like like last year was people got mad because it's like you should be trying stuff out, testing stuff out, even if it costs you regular season games. You need to be like adjusting and changing things up in preparation for the playoffs because it's like you're gonna have to have times where you need to do stuff that you know you're you're, you're testing stuff out and you're like oh let's throw this lineup in there, let's do this on defense, let's do this and this and this, let's you know, switch everything and let's do this. All that stuff will help for the playoffs. And hopefully they do try some of that stuff, test stuff out, run different lineups, do all this stuff for the long term and focus more on the long term than just winning every single game and, you know, all that. But I still think they're going to be a top, I'd say two seed. I think it's either them or the Nets for the Eastern Conference. The Sixers could be up there, um, but we will see with that. So that's it for our Bucks recap or review of the offseason. And then real quick, let's talk about the Packers game on Sunday. They played the Colts and lost 34-31. Yeah. Very frustrating game. And, you know, they were up 14 at half. Things were looking good. Offense played well throughout – or offense would played well in the first half and didn't – like the offense wasn't – if you look at the, the game as a whole, it wasn't like the offense was bad by any means. It was good, especially against that defense. But second half, they only had two possessions from the time they were – up 14 to the time they were down three. So it was like they ran like six plays in that time. So all of a sudden you run six plays and all of a sudden you're down by three. 
and you're playing catch up. So it's it was a hard game to judge that way. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I tweeted I'm not gonna put all this blame on the offense and say oh the offense only scored three points in the second half because they had two possessions by the time and all of a sudden they're down three, and then they had a, they put a drive together where they had to go for on fourth down at like the other at the Indianapolis thirty, you know, they, but they moved the ball well on that drive would have came away with three points if they had decided to do that, but they didn't went for it, didn't get it. And then to tie the game, they put together a drive, nearly won it, but they got those three. So it, you really are looking at, if you're blaming the offense, you're looking at two drives where they didn't, they didn't move the ball at all. And it's like, are you really going to blame the whole, the whole game on the offense for not scoring on two, not moving the ball on two drives against one of the best defenses in the league? There's no way I'm doing that. Yeah. So it, it was a combination. It was more of the turnovers for me. I, I, the defense was bad, but it, they also were not put in the best positions, especially in the second half where you're, you know, right back on the field and stuff. Right. So, but there was turnovers in the first half. Rodgers, there was a fumbled snap right away. There was a, in a weird interception that Rodgers never throws. And then the fumble on the kickoff in the second half was huge because, again, we're about to get the ball back. Um, I think we still had a lead at that point, or maybe we were tied, but it was like, okay, we're we're not trailing, we're fine. We fumble in on a kickoff, they get the ball in field in good field position and score, and all of a sudden we're behind. So it was just it was a weird game to judge that way. And then MBS, um, <laughs> the roller coaster man, he, he great fifty-ish yard catch. I don't remember what exactly the yardage was, but great catch to keep the game alive basically for the team. Uh, on third down and 10 from like the own, their own five yard line with a minute left ends up leading to the field goal. And no more than five minutes later, after having a great catch to, you know, basically keep the game alive for us, he fumbles the game away. And I just, I don't know. The roller coaster is too much for me. I don't know. Yeah. He's one of those guys where it's like the, the almost like a high risk, high reward. You know, he's, he's got the big upside as a downfield threat, which he's shown, um, there's times you're like, this dude is, he could be wide receiver too. And then there's times it's, he shouldn't even be on the team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, um, you know, you had Lazard back, um, but I know he had, he only had a couple catches. For yeah. Back. Um, so it's, like you said, it was a mix between the both. The defense didn't play as well in the second half, but they're on the field a lot. Um, and offense didn't have many chances to get it going. You know, obviously they sh- should have, um, string together a couple better drives, but after a great first half, um, so 31 points is a lot against a oh, good defense. Um, and we had 28 in the first half. I mean, like, and then again, they barely got the ball in the second half. So it's it's really frustrating when you look at it that way because it's like the offense was really good. They shouldn't have to be perfect against a good defense to like win a game, you know. And if and if he doesn't fumble that football there, hopefully we keep driving and we end up winning that game. And now we're not talking about it as a loss, you know. Yeah, the and, turnovers were killer. I mean, they just had too many big turnovers where it, you know, stopped our driving and gave them good field position and stuff like that. Or on the kickoff, it just it was a mess that way. The the, the there was too many big mistakes that we couldn't overcome. So I'm not super worried about it in that sense overall. But do you? I want to ask you before we go. Mm-hmm. What is your confidence level in the Packers as a Super Bowl team as of right now? I still have a lot of confidence based on, I think, their potential on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, they've shown it on offense. Defense, they're just not consistent um, for the most part um, from what we've seen so far this year. But, uh, you know, I think if, you know, you, it's just one of those things where 
you might get in a little bit of a rhythm groove. Guys are playing with more swag on defense, and now you got a defensive team that's holding teams under 28 points, and the Packers are are able to put up 30, um, 31 like they did. Um, so I'm still confident. I they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. I'm not overly impressed by any team this year. Um, you know, Buccaneers went down this past week to the Rams. Rams have been one of the more inconsistent, um, like average to good teams this year. I think. Um, I don't know what are the Rams now seven and three or are they yeah, seven and four? So, they're seven and three. I mean, they a couple of their losses. It was like they. I think they they lost one game that was like. They lost to the Dolphins by a lot, and then I don't remember the other losses, though. There was one other loss I thought that it was, like, to a bad team, and, and then another one they just didn't look good. Maybe they played a close game against the Giants. So, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the field is pretty open this year, and we have the ability on offense, so I like our chances. What about you? Yeah, I, I like our – like. I think we have fine chances. I, I'm giving us a chance. I'm not saying it's over or anything like that, but I am frustrated. I tweeted after the game. like I was like, it just feels like we can see what's coming. We're going to be the same as we always are. Good, not great. Good, not good enough. We're going to get to the NFC Championship game, might get to the Super Bowl even, but we're going to face a team where it's like we just are a few pieces away, just as we were last year. And it's so frustrating to see it happen after drafting for the future. You are still the same pieces away. You're still that receiver away. You're still that defensive line away, or you're that line, like all this stuff. And it's so that, that that's what frustrates me is I just feel like we can see it coming. We're going to be, ah, man, it was, it was a good season. We have a good team, but it was just not enough. And when you have Rodgers playing at an MVP level, you should be like, you should be guaranteed, okay, that team is has a good shot at winning the Super Bowl. Not like, oh, they have a decent, okay shot. It should be, no, if Rodgers is playing like an MVP, that team's probably going to the Super Bowl. And that's not the case because we just still don't have that consistent team around him. And, again, I, I just see it. I, I keep coming back to, like, we're going to end up playing a team like the Bucks or a team with a good defense. That just gives us a little bit of trouble, and we're not able to recover from it. And our inconsistencies outside of like Rodgers and Adams, everyone else is kind of a little bit inconsistent, and it's just going to come back to bite us. And we're going to be wishing we had gone all in. And you know, that's just how I am with it. So I do still give them a chance. I'm not saying there's no way they win it, but I think their chances should be better when you have Rodgers playing this well. But that does it for this episode of the Mars Pod. Um, as always, I'm joined by. Brandon Eckel. We talked about Bucks uh, offseason review and the Packers game. So everyone enjoy your Thanksgiving. We will see you guys next time. Have a good one.